Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to be breaking down Luke chapter 15 and Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 15, and Luke chapter 16, they're all together. Even though they're separated by chapters, they're all together. And the context is set up in Luke 14 for, for all three of these chapters. And and the context is Jesus is sitting in the house uh, with some... He had been invited to a Pharisee's home to eat a meal. And so he's taken this opportunity to teach these Pharisees about the way they are and the way that they should be. And uh, and so in Luke 14, Jesus took the, uh, the advantage or the opportunity to tell them or to try and teach them about humility and how they should sit at the foot of the table and be invited to the places of honor instead of being embarrassed when somebody that had more honor than they had comes in and they have to uh, get up from their seat at the table and move to a different spot on the table and, and be embarrassed. In Luke chapter 15, Luke starts out, or he says that, uh, uh, that the Pharisees had a major problem with the people Jesus ministered to and hung around with. And so Jesus is going to take this opportunity to, he's going to give them three, well, in this chapter, he's going to give them three parables. He's going to give them the parable of, uh, uh, of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. And these parables have been taken out of context so many times uh, by preachers. And I've never, ever, I don't think I've ever heard a preacher Put these parables in the correct context, and that's what I'm going to try to do today. In this, as we go through Luke 15, and and because these these parables are about the Pharisees and how the the Pharisees are and how they need to be, uh, it's Jesus is trying to get them to to correct. Uh, their unrighteous ways, if you will. And so, Jesus, of course, he was he was the model of the heart of God. He and 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 he is the example, right? That that we are to follow, and, and that's what he's going to be telling his disciples. He's telling his disciples about how these Pharisees are and how they need to follow. Jesus' is example and not the examples of the Pharisee. And we, all through the book of Luke, as we've been studying it, we have, and, and when we study John, we, we see the type of people that, that came to Jesus to be uh, ministered to. They, they were the poor, the absolute poorest of the poor. They were uh, people who needed healings. They were, uh, um, 
they were um, lepers. I mean, Jesus would reach out and touch a leper. A leper is not even supposed to have anything to do with society. They're, they live a quarantine life, and they would have to yell, unclean, unclean, and they would pass by on the other side of the street. You stayed far away from a leper, but not Jesus. Jesus would reach out and, and touch the leper. He, he was absolutely the model that, to show us the heart of God. And <clears throat> these Pharisees would have nothing to do with the people that Jesus ministered to. Especially, they, 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 they thought they were above everybody, especially poor people. They would have nothing to do uh, with these people. Who, who They wouldn't even try to meet the needs of the people. And, and so Jesus is going to call out their hypocrisies, if you will, because he calls them hypocrites over and over and over again. He just literally slams them with a hammer in Matthew 23 as he, as he pronounces all these woes on the Pharisees, and he calls them hypocrites over and over again. And so uh, he is going to um, give these parables to his disciples and to the Pharisees, and he is going to uh, just try to show them the heart of God and why it is that he he ministers to and hangs out with the people that he does. So the first thing Luke says in chapter 15 is tax collectors and other notorious sinners. I love the way the New Living Translation puts that. Notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. And this made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Now, in the chapter before Jesus was eating with the Pharisees, they don't consider themselves sinners. They, they, they consider themselves righteous and, and godly. And, and, and they're complaining to Jesus that he is hanging out with such sinful people and he is eating in their homes and he's eating meals with these sinners right and so luke points out that uh these tax collectors and sinful people came to hear jesus's teachings now tax collectors we don't like tax collectors today i mean i, I think i had to pay 13 almost fourteen thousand dollars last year in taxes not fun nobody likes to pay taxes nobody likes tax collectors the irs uh, and, and they may be the nicest people in the world, and, and, and may God bless them. But we don't like paying uh, taxes back to the government. It hurts when we when we have to do that. But even back then, tax collectors they were hated, and they were seen as the absolute worst of sinners. And, I, and I, like I said, I like the way the New Living Translation says they are they are notorious sinners and they came out to hear jesus well this word in the greek is hamartolos and it means uh that they a notorious sinner is 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 somebody who is de devoted to sin it's people that are stained with a a certain definite vices or or crimes it, it's it's people who live a lifestyle of sin and see that, that that's the difference between worldly people and, and and people who follow Jesus worldly people they sin and they live a life of sin and they could care less it doesn't you know their 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 consciences are seared they're out there doing their own thing 
But Christians, people who have put on Christ and been washed in his blood and have died to their self and, and, and been raised to life in, in baptism through the, the blood of Jesus Christ, they have a change of mind. They have a change of attitude. We have put on the attitude of Christ. We have put on the mind of Christ. And we're trying to live for Jesus, right? To the Every day, to the, Paul said, I die daily. He, what he meant was I, that he is dying to his selfish desires, his selfish uh, wants, and, and, and he is trying to live for Jesus and, 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 and letting the Holy Spirit be his God. And, and that's what, so we read the Word of God, hopefully on a daily basis, and we're praying and we're asking God to direct our lives and help us on a daily basis. But it does not mean that we will not ever sin again. Because we do. We're human. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Yes, we've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, our sins have been forgiven. But our, we still live in the flesh. <clears throat> and we have fleshly desires. And every now and then, we may slip up and sin. But we can repent of that sin and not do it again and ask God to forgive us. And He will. And so the difference is... These notorious sinners, as the New Living Translation says, um, these sinners, these tax collectors and, and, and people of the like, who are, their lives are devoted to sin. They, they, they just live a life of sin and they don't care. They don't, they, they don't care what God thinks about them. They don't even believe in God. And so they just do what they want to do. And, and a Christian then has a heart for God and they want to be pleasing to God. And so when they sin, they're, they're, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and we repent and we're forgiven and, and we keep going and we try again. We, 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 you know, we get knocked down, but we get back up and we, we keep going. And so this word hamartelos in the Greek, it, it is people who just, they live a life of sin and they don't care, you know. And what we do is, we, we, we shouldn't do this, but we do it. We categorize sin. You know, we got big sins like murder and adultery. And then we got little sins like a little, we say sometimes, a, 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 I told a little white lie. Well, what, what is a, a little white lie? What does that mean, actually? Uh, because <clears throat> a lie is a lie no matter how little or how big. And the thing is about lying is once you tell one lie, you got to keep lying. And, and, and next thing you know, you tell so many lies that you can't keep your story straight. When you just tell the truth from the beginning, it's a whole lot easier uh, to tell the truth and it's a whole lot easier to keep up with. But uh, we, we, we categorize these sins and we fall into bad habits and like we look at other people and, 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 and we start comparing. Well, at least I'm not as bad as this person over here. Or at least I haven't done what they've done. And yes, I might have told a little white lie. But, you know, at, at least I haven't uh, uh, robbed a bank or, you know, fill in the blank with whatever you want to. But, but that's the way many people look at sin. We, we categorize sin. But in God's eyes... Sin is sin. It doesn't matter if it's a, a little white lie or a big huge lie. It doesn't matter if, if uh, you know I, I, I lusted after a, 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 another woman today, or I, I actually uh, slept with another woman today. It, 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 it's it lust and, it, and 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 greed and all and just all this sin 
in God's eyes, it's sin, and it has separated us from God. Um, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, and death is a separation, right? So sin is sin, and and in God's eyes, and we have to quit categorizing sin. We, we got to quit looking at other people and, and comparing ourselves to other people and, and, and what they've done is it versus what we've done and, and if it's worse or if it's not as bad or whatever. But that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were looking at these sinful people and they thought they were higher uh, than these sinful people. But yet Jesus is trying to get them to see you're just as much as a sinner as, as the people that you're looking down upon. And so in this context, uh, of Jesus and the Pharisees, Jesus is showing us the example of the correct way of dealing with sinners. He has told the Pharisees uh, that, that to, to, you know, to, to quit looking down upon people and, and, and quit thinking you're above people and get involved in those people's lives. Get involved in the people that you think are such sinners. Get involved in their lives. Show some love. Show some humility. Invite the poor and the lame into your homes. And, and, and get involved, get your hands dirty with these people that you keep rejecting. Uh, we hear people say all the time, love the sinner, love the person, but hate the sin. The bottom line is, you know, we're all sinners. Romans 3.23 says, we all sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and, you know, yes, I sin, even though I'm washing the blood of Jesus, even though I try to walk with him on a daily basis, I still sin because I am a sinner. I'm just saved by the grace of God. Um, but here's the deal. My sin, I, the sin I struggle with may not be the sin that you struggle with. And, and so we don't need to judge other people. We don't need to uh, look at other people uh, and, and compare our lives with theirs or our sins with theirs. The bottom line is we're all sinners and we need uh, the forgiveness of God. We need the grace of God. And so the problem with the Pharisees is they think they're above reproach. And, and, and they believe that if Jesus is really the Messiah, if he's really God, then there is absolutely no way that he would hang out with such sinful people. And, and, and I'm just going to tell you, I'm thankful that he did because I'm one of those sinful people. And I'm, I'm so grateful that he died on the cross for my sins. And I'm sure that you feel the same way so what does this kick off uh, uh what this does is it kicks off a, a series of parables that jesus is, is going to tell the pharisees to try once again to get them to understand what god is really like and how they've been missing it this whole time even though they think they're just uh, fine with god um and uh, the the parable he starts off with is uh, the one lost sheep where the shepherd leaves the 99 and we have the lost coin and we have the prodigal son in chapter 15. It, it'd probably take a couple of podcasts to go through all these. Uh, and then in chapter 16, that'd be the parable of the shrewd manager and uh, the, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Um, and so let's get... Uh, Let's get in right into this parable of the lost sheep. It is found in verses 3 through 7. And uh, Jesus says, If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety-nine others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? 
And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. In all all of these parables, this is going to be uh, a theme. Something is lost and, and, and there's others who never strayed away. And there's a reason for that. Uh, this parable about the sheep, the, the one sheep who goes astray, uh, it, it shows the Pharisees uh, what Jesus' mission is and the reason why he, he came to earth. Uh, the, the hundred sheep are in communion with the shepherd. Think about that. The, the shepherd has a hundred sheep and he's watching over his sheep. The sheep are hanging out with him. They're traveling around out there in the wilderness, wherever he goes, and, and he's protecting them. But all of a sudden, one sheep strays off and, and, and is, is lost. It has went its own way. It didn't, it didn't go with the rest of the sheep. It, it, it wandered off somewhere else, and, 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 it, and, it's, and it's gone. It's helpless, and it needed to be rescued. And if you think about it, man, man is the one who went astray because we chose sin very simple in genesis uh, chapter 2 after man is created right god creates adam and eve and it's it they're in perfect communion with god they're walking with god they're talking with god on a daily basis and and and, and they're just can you just imagine how awesome that would be you're just hanging out with god and and and, and then uh, they've got this perfect relationship and 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 the devil comes along in the, in the form of uh, using this snake, and he, the, you've got this talking serpent, and and he's talking to Eve, and he gets Eve to focus on that one tree that God said they can't eat from, and 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 what he does, he he begins to get Eve to start doubting, and he says, "Surely you won't die. You, as a matter of fact, you're going to be like God. You can know both good and evil." So he's trying to make this sinful thing. And, and, and what sin is, is going against the will of God. The will of God was for them not to eat of that fruit or that one tree. But the devil got her to focus on that fruit and how if she partook of that sinful deed, eating that fruit, she could be just like God, knowing both good and evil. But what Eve didn't understand was she already had perfect communion with God. And so... uh what what does Eve do? She goes and she picks the fruit, and, and, and it's the same three uh, ways: the the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The, the devil uses days; he uses it. And he used on Eve there in in the Garden of Eden, and and she picked that fruit, and she ate that fruit, and she passed some on to her husband Adam, and he ate, and there was the birth of sin they 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 ate of that fruit they realized that they were naked because their eyes were opened and they were ashamed and they went and hid and here comes god walking through the uh, the garden and and they're hiding god knows where they're at but he says you know where you at and uh, because he wanted them to acknowledge what they've done and and so he kills an animal the first sacrifice is made and, and he takes the skins of the animal 
and and makes clothing for them and and so their disobedience has ushered sin into the sheep and Jesus who was the Messiah or is the Messiah was the only one who could rescue the stray sheep now notice that the shepherd went looking for for the sheep and went anywhere and everywhere searching until he found the the lost sheep i, I love the song by Corey osbury uh reckless love and a lot of people have an issue uh with him using the word reckless because they say well god's not reckless but but if you if you listen to the lyrics of the song and he explains it over and over again why he chose that word and what he means by that but in that song he says oh the overwhelming never-ending reckless love of god oh it chases me down fights till i'm found leaves the 99 and i couldn't earn it i don't deserve it still you give yourself away oh the overwhelming never-ending reckless love of god there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me the the shepherd would absolutely do whatever he had to do to rescue the sheep that went astray and that's exactly what jesus did for you and for me on the cross he 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 knew his mission and that's why he's telling the the pharisees he said these people that you won't have nothing to do with I'm going to die for these people. I'm going to lay down my life for them because I am the Passover lamb. I am the sacrifice that, that, that has to be made to wash their sins away. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I'm going to the cross and I'm going to be resurrected on the third day. He would tell his disciples over and over again that he has to die and, and that he would be betrayed and so if, if you think about it these, these pharisees who they, they knew the 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 old testament the, the law like the back of their hands they knew what the prophets said uh because they taught uh these prophecies they taught the scriptures the old testament scriptures the psalms over and over again to the people in the synagogues they they literally dedicated their lives to studying and teaching the scriptures about the messiah and yet here is jesus the Messiah they've been looking for for a long time, standing right before their very eyes, and they said, "Nope, we 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 don't we don't believe that you're from God because of the people that you hang around with. They they are rejecting the very one, the only one who can rescue them from their sin. And but their their biggest problem is they can't even admit that they have sin because they think since they are Abraham's seed." And they're teachers of the law, and they got all this power, and prestige, and, and, and money. They, they they think that they're they're fine. They're they're not in uh, bondage to any man. They would say, but the shepherd finds his sheep in the parable, and he goes home, and he gathers his friends and his family to tell them the great news, and he tells them to rejoice with him. And Jesus even says, in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't 
straight away. So again, we see this contrast between Jesus and the Pharisees. They're telling him who he shouldn't be hanging out with, with these notorious sinners, if you will, as the New Living Translation says. And, 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 and Jesus is saying, this is the very people that I should be hanging out with because he is here to rescue them from their sin. And that is the point of the parable of the lost sheep. Jesus is telling the Pharisees his mission is to search for the lost sheep, to rescue the lost sheep, and to bring them home so that they can throw a party and celebrate. And the refuse, the, the Pharisees, they refuse to even admit that they have sinned and that they will not admit that they have gone astray and need to be rescued. And then we have the, the parable of the lost coin in verses 8 through 10. It says, and this is going to be very similar to uh, the lost sheep. Uh, the, law, the parable of the lost coin says, Jesus says, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light up a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. So, like I said, this is very similar to the parable of the lost sheep, except it's money involved this time. Instead of sheep, it's coins or a coin. Um, and it's something the Pharisees really cared about. We're going to see that in, in Luke 16 because Jesus even mentions how the Pharisees love money. And so he, he uses something that they're familiar with and it would get their attention. This woman has 10 silver coins and, and they're very valuable to her. Maybe that's all that she has. And so she loses one of her coins and she goes to the extreme, like vanilla ice, to, to, to the extreme vanilla ice. So she would go to the extreme to find that one coin that she has lost because it is very, very valuable to her. And what she does is she lights a lamp so that she can see in the darkness. And and, 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 and I think about Jesus in John 8, 12, and he says, I am the light of the world. And it came into the darkness and he shined his light. And that's what she does. She grabs a light and, and she's looking all around in this dark room and this light is illuminating everything. It exposes uh, uh, the things that are in the dark so that she can see. And so she grabs a broom and she sweeps every inch of her house, searching carefully, looking everywhere. She's so intent. She's picking up the rug. She's picking up chairs. She's moving things around. And she sweeps every inch of her house looking for that lost coin. And then she finds it. And then she calls her friends and her family together just like the lost sheep did when, when the shepherd came home, he gathers his friends and his family, tells them the good news, and that's what she does. And she throws a party. And Jesus says, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when one sinner repents. One sinner. Jesus is saying, this is how important these people that you keep rejecting and you won't have anything to do with, just if just one of those people repents and turns from their evil ways and starts to follow God and their sins are forgiven, 
there is the presence of God's angels in heaven are just having a big old party. And this is how important these people are to me. So he's saying these, these, these tax collectors and these notorious sinners, they, they need to be rescued, and that's what I came to do. Like this lost coin, uh, I'm going to do what this woman did. She, she, took, she did whatever it took to find that coin. She, she went to the extreme, and, and I'm going to the extreme. I'm going to die on the cross for these very people that you look down upon, that you need to be ministering to. And when we get back to heaven, when I get back to my Father, it's going to be one big old party. And I can't wait to join that party. And that, and, and Lord willing, you know, maybe he's coming back soon. The way things are looking in this world, getting crazier and crazier. And uh, you know, look up, the Bible says, because your redemption draws near. And I say, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus, because I'm, I'm ready for the party. And I hope you are too. So Jesus says, I'm going to keep hanging on. Uh, I want to keep hanging out with these uh, these sinners. And, and I'm going to continue to be the example of God to them because you Pharisees, you're supposed to be the example, but you're not very good examples. You're not, you're not doing what you are supposed to be doing and showing them the heart of God. And, and if you don't listen to what I'm telling you, then you're going to miss the party too. And, and, and we're going to see this in the very next parable of the prodigal son. And we'll pick uh, that up, that parable up in the, in the next podcast. But as we end today's podcast, I just want to ask you a question. You know, you and me, we are the sheep that has went astray. We wandered from God because of our sin, right? Romans 3, 23, we are all sinners. So you can be like the Pharisees if you want to and, and choose to believe that you're, uh, 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 you have no sin. But the Bible says if you, <laughs> if you don't think you have no sin, you are a liar. Uh, we are all sinners. And we need a Savior. We need a shepherd to, that, that has already gone out. He has went to the extreme. And he has done what he had to do so that we could be found and brought back. And, 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 and we can uh, be a part of the party. And he has gone to the cross. And he has died for our sins. And he was resurrected on the third day. And now he's ascended back to heaven. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us don't be like the pharisees who were too prideful to admit they were sinners and that their sin has separated them from god they rejected jesus because they could not admit they needed a savior you and me we need a savior jesus christ is the only way to heaven his blood is the only way our sins can be washed away and be forgiven. He is the only shepherd that can lead us to heaven and where we can be with the Father for eternity. And one day, and you can read about it in the book of Revelation, the marriage supper of the Lamb, there's going to be a big old party when Jesus comes back and gathers his people home. And, and, and there we will be with God for eternity eternity well don't be like the pharisees and reject jesus and miss the party the invitation has been sent out 
the Holy Spirit, the Bible says over and over again, the Holy Spirit says, whosoever will, let him come. The gospel is for all. No matter what you've done in life, no matter what you're doing in life, and no matter where you are now, your sins can be forgiven. They can be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You can be filled with His Spirit, and you can be uh, turned in a new direction and start following God. And the angels in heaven will rejoice at that decision. And you will punch your ticket, if you will, to the party. If I can help you in any way in that decision, if I can put you in contact with, with somebody that's local in your area, if you need prayers, anything that we could help you with at the Grinded Podcast, please email me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and I'll let me know your situation, where you're at, and I'll find somebody that will help you and minister to you and encourage you and walk with you in this in this thing we call life because it can be difficult sometimes. So we're here to help you in any way that we can so that you will not give up, but that you will keep grinding. God bless you. Thanks for listening today. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.